Hello friend, welcome to Mindful Conversations with the Yogi's Journal, a place where we can have conversations related to keeping a balanced mind, body, and living an overall healthy lifestyle. Before we begin, let's take a moment to lift our shoulders up, back, and down. Take a deep breath in, and out. Now let's begin. Hey Modern Yogis, welcome to episode number one. So over the next few episodes, I'm gonna get real vulnerable and I'm just pretty much gonna tell you my story, what got me into yoga and then what inspired me to create the Yogi's Journal. So there's gonna be some pretty deep moments and if I start to get teary or lose my thoughts, I apologize in advance, but I'm gonna try and pretty much just tell me my story and where everything started and yeah so I believe that we connect by stories and that we can change people's lives in a way by stories it's like since they're far back as we've probably been over times like over campfires before we had technology we connect and we tell each other knowledge by stories so I feel they're very powerful okay so we'll go back a few years so my first memories when I was around three to four years old and I was walking down the streets in my nappy so my dad was playing a lot of video games at the time and he didn't notice that I left the building and my mother was working as a teacher so she was out and so I decided that because I couldn't see anyone inside I'd pop out the door and start walking down the street and then um, I found this house and I heard they had the Wiggles playing on so if you don't know what the Wiggles are it's an Australian show it's pretty popular for kids and I think it's pretty popular in the US as well anyhow so I saw them playing the Wiggles and I was watching through the curtain and then the door opened and this uh, gentleman invited me inside and he said would I like a cookie and so being the three-year-old me, I said yes, and then I went into the house and just continued watching it, and they called the police, and then when the police came, they asked me where I was going, and my answer was, I'm going to the farm to see Nan Pop and the three dogs, and so little as I knew, the farm was probably around a thousand kilometers away, and here's me as a three-year-old trying to walk to it in my nappy, and that's it <laughs> so they called my mum at work and she like came to pick me up and then yeah so not f too far after that my dad didn't get any better and my mum and my dad divorced and so my mum was looking after me full-time she was a teacher so she <laughs> teached music she teached um, math and I think that's about it but yeah, she was really cool. She was always in the community. And then, so that was in a town called Karatha, which is pretty sunny and hot and in the northwest side of Australia. And then I'm going to fast forward a bit to a few years later. So now I'm around six or seven. And we come to a town called Jelton. So Jelton's south. It's probably about 500 kilometers away from the main city Perth 
and it's like a sunny town on the beach the weather's beautiful it's like winter times 18 to 26 degrees summertime doesn't really get above 40 degrees so it's fairly nice constant temperature anyhow so she got a job there at a few different schools so she taught at Jelton secondary school she taught at bluff point which is a primary school and yeah so we moved into a house in Jelton and she was juggling between working sending me to good schools and teaching a lot of people so she was a pretty amazing lady and I just had a normal childhood and then I started to get into some sports so I played BMX so that's pretty much racing on a bike and she'd come out to the events and look after me there and she'd um, volunteered to help other kids and trained other kids as well um, I did music so I was playing the piano and she'd help get me teachers to that and encourage me to play music um, and I did judo so that's just a sport where you try and throw each other in a gi so pretty much imagine long pajamas that are pretty sturdy and that's a gi and yeah so that was our life for a time and then through judo she met um, her boyfriend Brian and he was a black belt in judo and he seemed like a pretty nice guy but then as time went on he like started taking her for granted he started abusing her abusing me not in a sexual way but like a violent way like he'd punch her and yell at her and then he'd regret it but yeah so he had a slight injury in his frontal lobe which made him so he couldn't control his temper properly and this went on for like a year and then fast forward so now we're hitting 2005 and it got worse and worse and worse and then he tried to kill her after a band camp so she was performing at this play and we were walking towards the car and then he so actually I got to backstep a bit so a little cliffhanger backstepping so she eventually got up the courage to break up with him she thought that it was like getting very toxic it wasn't going anywhere um, in a way like I guess she felt like she needed him for security or that's what my grandma told me and yeah so she got up the courage and she divorced him and then after they broke up he became very jealous um, selfish and he didn't want anyone else to date her so now we're gonna hit the fast forward button again and so she just finished playing that concert and she was walking down the grass field and then he was hiding in the bushes and then he ran out and put her in a stranglehold and luckily enough for her she'd been practicing judo with him and with me oh that's another thing she always used to help out at judo and take me to events and just help everyone there she was like such a loving and giving person anyhow so he had her in a chokehold and she managed to get two fingers in and was able to get her breath until another guy from the band ran over and came and then he let go and ran off and the police found him and got put in jail and then 
So that was the last I heard of him for a bit. And then came a few days later was her 40th birthday. So that was February 18th, 2005. And we had a huge party. So in Australia, we don't really have houses that pile up. They're more of an urban sprawl. Sort of like, think of like um, big blocks, no basements. Just So the houses are probably around the same size as here in Canada, US. Except they're not stacked upon each other. They're just one floor. So yeah, big backyard, it was like a party. And then the next two days later, we're watching Shark Tales and getting ready for school. And then I woke up the next day, had a normal breakfast and I went outside to pack the car. So before the morning, we take turns and putting all the bags in the boot. Also, not the boot's Australian word, so what we use and I guess what you use in Canada is a trunk. So we're putting the bags and everything in the trunk and put the first bag in, walking back inside. And then I come out and he had a, like, I just stood there as a nine-year-old kid and my stepdad was holding my mum with a knife and she just thought, she looked at me and she told me to stay where I am. It's going to be okay. Run inside, call the police, tell them that he's here. And so I ran inside and then I came back outside and he was stabbing her. So he stabbed her four times in the stomach and then he stabbed her around the heart and then he cut her throat. And then I could see like where they were and where they went, like the strike of the blood. And she was just laying there. And my stepdad, O'Brien, was over in the corner and he was there. Just, he was stabbing himself in the stomach. And so I ran over to my mum and I remember just looking her in the eyes and I said, everything will be alright, the ambulance is on their way. And I just remember staring in her eyes for the last time and she was gasping for breath. And then my stepdad looked at me and started moving towards me. So as a nine-year-old kid, I ran next door and they weren't home or they were out the front actually like calling people. And so I ran two doors over and just stayed inside until the police came. And then so... He instantly regretted what he did and got in my mum's car and started driving it. And then the police chased him and he tried to kill himself by rolling over a train track, but that didn't really work. So and then he ran through some bushland or I guess you guys would see in between a forest and it's like trees that are probably as tall as a person, but not too tall. And so he's running through that and he got eventually got arrested and so then my grandparents came over and they started to look after me and so my grandma took me in and my grandpa and they stayed in town for a few days and then my grandma didn't take it too well because she was there two days or she was there the night before and she was looking after us and she like started to blame it on herself because while she was driving home, she had that gut feeling like 
everything in her was telling her to come back, but she didn't uh, because she needed to go to the farm to help my pop because he was, at the time, he would have been around 68 and he was still working on a farm every day and he, she needed to go there to help make meals and prep and everything like that. So she went home, but everything in her gut was telling her to turn around and she didn't. And she took it to heart and she pretty much blamed the death of my mum on her. And yeah, so she didn't take it too well. And so she, her and my grandpa came down and we stayed at a hotel for a few days. And then I turned 10 on March 30th. And then not long after that, I started going back to school. And then her funeral, like, her funeral was something I'll never forget. Like, there was so many people there. It was crazy the amount of lives she touched. Like, so imagine a big church and then there was... Um, people all throughout it and they're just remembering her and so yeah I remember the funeral and then there was people down the streets I was just crazy the amount of lives she touched so anyhow like on the funeral it wasn't easy like I saw her for the last time kissed her on the forehead and then said goodbye and so after that, my grandma moved in and started looking after me. And that's the end of episode number one. So in the next episode, I'll talk about my journey through boarding school and everything like that. So look forward to seeing you over there. I promise there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'll see you soon. Namaste.